0: Did you ever think you would make it? I feel I'm so sick I could take sweet victory. I know this life meant for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why would you bet on Goliath when we got Bet David? Value taming, giving, values contagious. This world of entrepreneurs, we get no value to hate haters. Howdy run, homie, look what i become. I'm the, I'm the one.
1: A Military-industrial complex. You know, we hear about this all the time. Can you play this clip for me from uh, this gentleman that I'm starting to really like? I'm, I'm a big fan of what India is doing and what India is capable of doing. Of course, they're part of BRICS, but I'm watching them very closely to see what I think they're going to be a very, very important uh, force to be reckoned with the next 20, 30, 40 years. Dr. Subramanian uh Shankar, okay, who is an Indian uh, diplomat and politician serving as he's the actually, minister, yeah, he's sorry, a beast, he, right?
0: He is their secretary of state, their former minister. That's right.
1: He is. he is, I think, the second since uh, and he's become the second ever diplomat to mm-hmm. be appointed as external affairs minister. Very sharp. I like what he says. In this question, someone's asking him uh, a question about Ukraine. So I'll kind of preface what the question was, and then you'll hear his response. I'm sure you've seen this, where it's like, hey, so we're noticing everybody around the world is uh, supporting Ukraine, but you guys are not. Why are you not? And this is his answer. Go ahead, Rob.
2: Has to grow out of the mindset. You, no,
1: refresh, because you skipped the first second. Yeah. Oh, you got to refresh the and mindset. get that audio at the same time. So he says, Europe has to grow out of this mindset. Europe
0: to grow out of the mindset that europe's problems are the world's problems but the world's problems are not europe's problems the world cannot be that
2: eurocentric as it used to be in the past Europe so if has you can to pause grow-
1: this i'm going to go to the the sit on you and tucker hat this was one of the ones a few months ago a couple months ago where he's talking about I was never a Trump guy. and you know, I've seen him, of course. I'm like, what is this guy talking about? He's out of his mind. And then one day he asked the question. and says, who funds NATO? I'm like, who gives a shit about who funds mm-hmm. NATO? And you remember this exchange mm-hmm. with him? And he so said, then I started looking. I was like, Yo, why are we doing this much money? Why are we putting so much more? He says, the more and more I saw him asking this question, I'm like, okay, these are very, very good questions. So why do you think for the longest time uh, Europe has gotten away with everybody having to support them? But when it comes down to them having to pay the bill they're like no it's kind of like a friend you go to a restaurant with and yeah yeah i'll do, I'll do another old-fashioned oh pal let's do another old-fashioned and when it comes on for the bill they get up and go to the bathroom mm-hmm. europe seems to be doing that and the other guy gets the bill and the guy that gets the bill is u.s the mindset of the military industrial complex with what's happened with ukraine and yesterday brought uh, joe biden talking about the fact he was asked about will we give them f-16 fighter jets and Biden says, uh, not today, will you one day give them? I can't answer that question, but I think we ought to start training. And the U.S. officials said we will not uh, you know, turn away from any other country who wants to support them with F-16. Essentially what they're saying is we went from money to tanks to this to now we're probably going to give them some F-16s. So why is your concern so uh, high, or a lot of people, why are so many people concerned about military industrial complex? Why should that be a top priority for them as a concern?
0: There, there's a number of reasons why. Let's start with the most important that we're talking about. Uh, that that as we sit here today, we we are on the brink of nuclear war. That should be concerning to everyone. It should be even more concerning that we have people in positions of consequence and power and influ- influence, both those who hold public office in, in the highest offices of the land, as well as those who um, who don't but who are, are just as influential, talking about the prospects of nuclear war as though it is just like any other kind of war, talking about the fact that Putin and and his uh, government has changed their policies to make it so that they can deploy nuclear weapons, whether they be tactical nuclear weapons or strategic nuclear weapons, if they feel that they are facing an existential threat, specifically omitting the words an existential threat because of a nuclear threat or nuclear weapons. So whatever they deem For any reason to be an existential threat will give them the authority to be able to uh, deploy these nuclear weapons. The fact that we have these pundits, these talking heads, these government officials uh, discussing the prospects of nuclear war as though it is something that can be won is shocking and extremely dangerous. Ronald Reagan had the most famous and most important statement. After he negotiated some of these non-nuclear proliferation treaties, telling us very clearly a nuclear war can never be won and should never be fought. Period. Things have only gotten worse. things haven't gotten better since then. We have more nuclear weapons. They, ha- they have become more sophisticated. Uh, a nuclear weapon would kick off a nuclear war that would destroy uh, all of all of humanity. Uh, The military industrial complex plays a major role in continuing to keep us in some state of war. Why? And some of them have even said it publicly, when we are at war, business is good. What is the cost? The cost comes out of our pockets, our our bank accounts, the American people, the taxpayers, we are paying for it, uh, where those dollars could be and should be dedicated towards actually serving very real needs of people that we have right here at home. Uh, the military industrial complex uh, profits when you see a NATO expansion that because who, who are, who are the, uh, the people that these NATO countries are buying weapons from? They're buying the weapons from our military industrial complex. When you look at the U.S. footing the bill for NATO, number one. We should be able to ask questions like, why does NATO exist? Why are we the ones who are predominantly funding NATO? Well, with the predominantly of funding of NATO comes the very same leverage we were talking about earlier. Getting these European countries to act not necessarily in their own interest, but in the interests of those in power in the United States is done oftentimes through the leverage of money. So when Trump is saying, hey, you guys got to pay your own way, pay the 2 percent, my gosh, pay the 2 percent of your GDP that the rules require, Common sense. Uh, many of them didn't want to. But then what comes with that, and you saw recently with um I think it was Macron's visit uh, overseas into China, largely saying the same thing to the European countries. Hey, we need to stop being vassals of the United States. We need to make our own decisions based on what's best for our countries and what's based in the best interest of Europe. Mm. The criticism he got for having the audacity to say, hey, we should act in the interest of our own countries, says everything that we need to know about the power and the influence and the money that goes behind Ah, uh, these decisions. So there's an economic cost, of course, to us and the American people in our country. and there's a the the uh, the cost that comes to our safety, our security, uh, and our freedom.
2: and the human costs of life, Exactly of funding all these wars. I mean, exactly. Money's important. I get it, but not millions and millions of lives that are lost but that's no. a bit- such,
1: a, such a great point. you're making. Uh, you know, uh, uh, it's funny, Rob, if you can find that one clip that I ask you to f- pull up, you know the one where, uh, the lady says, how do you feel about the half a million? You know which one I'm talking yes. about. You know this Madeline one here. Albright. Yeah, so this clip can't be played enough times. If you can play this real quick.
0: We have heard that a half a million children have died. I mean, that's more children than died when, when, in, in Hiroshima. And, and, you know, is the price worth it?
2: I think this is a very hard choice, but the price, we think
0: the price is worth it.
1: We think the price is worth it. Okay. so And she uh, is
0: somebody who throughout her life, all the way to the end, was lauded and worshipped by Democrats in the Democratic Party. She, she was, was a Secretary of the Democratic State. Party. Was she not? Bill under Clinton. Clinton.
1: Exactly. Yeah. This, is, this is a while back. I don't know what this timeline, the interview is, Rob. If you can't find it, time 98 or mid-90s. 96. Yeah, something yeah. like that. But, you know, so you know how we're kids and we're <laughs> like... uh uh, we all think we're tough guys, right? And like, oh, what'd you say? I'm going to kick your ass. 96. <laughs> I'm going to kick your ass. And then you're like, okay, maybe you got to punch in and everybody breaks it. You know, that's all. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. No problem. And that guy's a cool guy, right? It's funny. As you age, the real tough guys, they'll say run when you get into a fight. Mm. What? So, for example, I hired this one guy who is a, a worked secret service or president and his job is to protect me. And I'm interviewing him. He's a little guy, not a big guy. He's not 6'5". You know what the typical bodyguards are, sure. like 6'5", 350 pounds, offensive line. This guy's 5'10", maybe 160 pounds. I said, dude, do you know how to fight? Do you know how to deal? like What are you, you going to do if somebody says, let me tell you what my job is. He says, if you want to hire a big guy for commercial to be you know, physically big, I'm the wrong guy. Cause that guy's gonna fight the opponents. He says, my job is to make sure you're safe. I'm gonna show you how to run the facet run. We're going he says, we're gonna run. If you want to live, we got to get your wife and kids out, we're running. I said, interesting perspective. Jocko, fight breaks out, you run, you don't go and fight. Okay, so right now this whole thing with military industrial complex. All right, listen guys, let's create a proxy war Let's get Ukraine to be the proxy behind closed doors. Let's help them out to go against Russia because if shit hits the fan and this thing gets worse, guys, we can really make some money. Mm -hmm. Okay, fine. So you can create and instigate. Then you make billions. But the part nobody thinks about is at an older age when you got wife and kids, if you get into a stupid fight, somebody may have a gun. And that gun means your life is over with. In this instance... What if you cross the line too much to the point where this man is publicly being humiliated? Yes. And all of a sudden he says, Okay, you want to go there? No problem, guy. Fine. Let's roll the dice. Here's what we're doing next. And it's not 500,000 people, it's not 5 million people. Next thing you know, boom, 50 million, 100 million. Most people don't think that's possible. It's like when you sell, like, I've been in the life insurance industry 20 years. When you sell life insurance, like you'll hear a lot of times these macho guys will say, I don't need life insurance, I'm 38. Two years that I get a phone mm-hmm. call from the wife. Remember that one time my husband didn't want to buy? He died. Nah, now I don't have anything left. I don't know what to do. Okay. We hear stories like that. Mm. How close and how possible is it? Like, you know, okay, a lot of people will say stuff on podcasts and shows. You've been in the military. You, I stand corrected, not a major or lieutenant colonel, right? You've been to uh, uh, Iraq. You've been to Kuwait. You've been part of a lot of these conversations, Realistically, how likely is it that this thing can get very ugly now that we're willing to entertain the idea given these guys have 16s?
0: Exactly. That that decision uh, will further escalate it. We are the doomsday clock that's reported every year. We are closer to midnight now than ever before. The question of likelihood and how possible, it is very possible, and we are in a position where it is very likely And becoming even more likely the more this war is escalated and uh, the longer it goes on and it's we're facing two great risks here number one is the scenario you're talking about if Putin finds himself in a position where he feels like he has nothing else to lose and he is facing this existential threat it's not a matter of guessing they have already said they will retain the right to deploy nuclear weapons how, where, who remains to be seen. Uh, That prospect is very real. The second prospect that is just as real and perhaps just as if not more dangerous is a situation where there's a miscalculation or there is an unintentional spark that causes that, uh, that to occur. We saw this through the Soviet Cold War. There were the risk of nuclear war uh, and nuclear weapons being deployed because of misunderstandings, miscommunications, miscalculations, we see something coming in in the radar and we thought it was a nuclear weapon, there were so many, so many close calls where nuclear weapons were almost launched because of mistakes rather than out of intention. So in both of those situations, whether intentional or unintentional, it's not outside of the realm of possibility that we could find ourselves... Tomorrow, in a week, a month, or a year, facing the reality of a nuclear attack and nuclear war, the nuclear fallout that comes after the blast, the nuclear winter that comes after that, that kills all the crops and takes away people's ability to, to live. Uh, the, the gravity of this um, is difficult to describe because it is so uh, immeasurable.
1: So, so for 2024... 2024- uh i wrote a question down here for you i said if you ran today or you advise someone who ran today i don't think you have any plans of running is that fair to say yeah. or okay so if you ran today or you advise someone so let's just say the scott some of these guys call you and they're like look just as a person i want to get some counsel from you what would you say would be top three issues to run for today like the other day president biden said the most uh Biggest enemy to America is white supremacists, which is very weird. We're going through all this stuff right now. You want yeah. me to be worried about white supremacists? Okay, fine. Maybe it's a top 50 issue. It's definitely not a top five or let alone number one issue that we have. We know military-industrial complex is one, Ukraine, Russia. Totally get that. What else would you put as a top five issue we should be paying attention to?
0: Yeah, I mean, this, this issue we're talking about certainly is at the top of the list. Uh, I think the second issue is um, is immigration and securing our borders. We cannot have uh, a nation without secure borders. Uh, we are seeing the consequences of President Biden's open border policy that's impacting us uh, in, in just about every way. We see the national security threats of, of having an open border, people literally streaming across the border from all around the world without any kind of vetting or background. We don't know who's in our country mm-hmm. right now. Uh, they may be posing. There's obviously the economic impact, the social welfare system impact. There, there are so many layers uh, of, of negative consequences that come uh, from their policy. And the third would be focusing on, on bringing our economy Back, focusing on on actually truly supporting and investing in you know our small businesses, the, the the people that are often touted as the number one employers in the country, and yet have the hardest time starting and staying uh, in business, is actually focusing on what is in the best interest of the American people, rather than uh, what they are focusing on, which is themselves uh, and their power um, to the detriment of the country. I think central to all of this, just to to wrap it up. Um, in a foundational and fundamental way, is truly supporting and defending uh, our freedom and civil liberties. Uh, because we are seeing that erosion in so many different ways. Uh, without our freedom, without our civil liberties, we lose we really lose what is at the heart of what it means to be an American in this country. Where
2: would you put climate on that list? Because I
0: think at one point you were a proponent of the Green New Deal. No, I never was actually, and and got some some crap from the Democratic Party for it. I'm a strong environmentalist. I I have is why I ran for office in Hawaii uh, in the first place back in 2002, Uh, protecting clean water, preserving natural resources, preserving our open spaces. Conservation of those uh, resources is essential. Uh, You know, advocating for and promoting things like regenerative farming versus factory farms, like actually making sure that this planet that we live on can stick around and, Mm -hmm. you know, help us help us survive is uh, is incredibly important. Unfortunately, what we're seeing with this this climate change movement is uh, something that really isn't even addressing all of these things that are essential for us to be able to exist uh, and survive.
2: What about the uh, what part of the Inflation Reduction Act that was the largest investment in climate change that we've ever done? Did you think that was a good move? What no. are your thoughts on that? No, Why no. Is that?
0: I, I oppose that legislation because it was had nothing to do with inflation reduction, first of all. So it was sold on a lie. Mm-hmm. Um, and so funny. And, uh, Marketing. I, I, really, I think yeah. that's literally all it was. And they couldn't even stick with their own story on it. They yeah. kept on calling it exactly that, the greatest climate. Oh, no, wait, wait, sorry, sorry. People care about inflation. Let's just call it the inflation mm-hmm. reduction but act. But there
2: was a component of it, I don't whatever it was, $200 billion that was dedicated to climate issues. Was that something you were an advocate to, of?
0: To, I don't see how... I, I did not see how uh what they were advocating for would actually address these these basic environmental concerns that are very real uh, in this country. Yeah. I think a lot of people who are advocating for for that for those things, uh, if you look at um, their own personal personal life decisions, there's a lot of hypocrisy there, too.
1: I think the reason why Adam's asking that question is because he's deeply concerned with the humidity in Miami. Yeah. Mm. And he was hoping you wanted to do something about it. Yeah. So but that's you know <laughs> Miami it is what it is. Hawaii, it's yeah. you know tough so, out here. So by the way, tell us just,
0: I, on, I just want to mention on, on the climate change question, um, what's the name of the author who wrote Jurassic Park? Oh, famous sure. author. Michael Crichton. Michael yeah. Crichton. He wrote a book and I, I don't I can't remember the title right now, but he wrote a book like twenty years ago, uh fiction. It's a novel. Uh, but it was about exactly what's happening today, where just like we have the military industrial complex, he didn't call it this, but it was kind of like the climate change industrial complex hmm. of people manipulating information and narratives and quote-unquote scientific data in order to support their own industry, essentially. And uh, anyway, it's it's a fascinating book. And State the fa- of Fear? Yes.
2: Okay. It's almost like the climate change version of 1984. Yeah, almost. It's
0: just, it was in, I I just, I just read it. I I listened to a lot of audiobooks while I work out. Is it worth worth
1: listening to? It really is because
0: you, you you know, there, there's some, you know, it's a novel. uh, So there's, there's some action, there's some thriller, thriller stuff in there. But when you look at the heart of it, uh, it's just one of those eye opening and kind of insightful things. Just yeah. so you
2: know how Pat rolls, he just purchased a book right then and I love it.
0: I want to learn. I'm so
1: learning from Tulsi. That's why she's here with us. Not trying Tulsi. to live in a state of curiosity curiosity no. in, in the area of, it's officially bought. So curiosity in the- You're in welcome,
0: the, Michael Crichton.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just got 15 more dollars, right. buddy. So, so curiosity in, in a following area. We had a conversation with Buck Sexton and Clay Travis, mm. and we talked about endorsements, mm. okay? Like the power of endorsements mm. and what it means, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so- Uh, uh, how much value is there in getting these endorsements? Okay, so the weight of an endorsement. For example, you get it from a heavyweight politician, a president, a media mogul, right? You know, like a Oprah Winfrey or a Musk or someone like that, or an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. a Buffett, a Bezos and a Musk, or something like a Mark Cuban or triple threat, like a Musk that's got all three sides. Influencers, well, hey, you know, podcast Rogan. Hey, you know, Ben Shapiro. Hey, you know... Uh, uh all these other guys that got their influence logan paul even some of these other guys that are doing what they're because nowadays they're getting them hollywood stars like the rock dwayne johnson military general coming and backing you up how much power and influence is there in these types of endorsement or is it just marketing it's not really a big deal. I,
0: I think it depends okay. it depends on the person it depends on their reasoning um yeah, it it really depends, and and it depends on you know I would say like Joe Rogan for example he has a very obviously hugely influential and has a very loyal following and and uh, he and I you know he found I think over the last few years especially how the things that he says really do have a direct impact no on question. people. Yeah, um, you know I've also heard people say uh you know that they candidates say that they would shun an endorsement from a beyonce or a big celebrity figure because that just has well you're just one of those elitists who i can't relate to as an everyday american and so that actually ends up having even though you know she's like the most powerful talented musician singer in the world uh I've heard candidates say, well, actually, no, I I don't want those kinds of endorsements because it sends the wrong message. You know, I mean, I think I think every one of these things has um, its own, you know, pros and cons. And I I don't think there's kind of a cookie cutter uh, impact. some some are hugely consequential and others not, and others have a negative consequence. How
1: much you think a Musk is, by the way, uh, Jay-Z and Beyonce just bought the most expensive house in California in Malibu for $200 million to wow. just closed it this week. Wow. It's a two-bedroom apartment. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's on the water, though. Right. But,
1: but go, ocean views, go, too bad, go, too bad. How much you think <laughs> an like Elon that. Musk endorsement? how much weight does that carry? You think it's a big weight, especially for somebody, let's just say on the middle, center, right?
0: Um, I think it certainly carries weight for people who who like what he's doing and, and who follow him. I think it would also, you know, how much weight does it carry would depend on how much of his own skin in the game. He's, if he just says, oh, yeah, I like this guy. And then he never says anything again, has a, different, uh, has a different consequence than him actually doing what you were talking about in the beginning. Hey, you're a person of influence, a, per- a person of means. If you really want to see this change, how much are you willing to put your own skin in the game to actually make it happen?
1: Got it. So if he was, let's just say, to a pack on Trump or whoever, and he put up, an, or DeSantis, whoever, and he put up something like $100 million, is that a way of others saying, damn, if he's going like that with this person, there's got to be something we don't know? Do you think that carries a very big stick, very big influence?
0: That would that would make a big impact.
1: That would make a big impact. Yeah.
2: It's amazing In, what $100 million would do these days. You yeah. know, it will buy some influence.
1: I mean, Bloomberg tried to do it. It didn't yeah. do anything for him. But, you know... A, a, I'm just thinking about how much these things, because, you know, this person got endorsed by that person. This person got endorsed by that person. You wonder what it really Bloomberg,
0: means. I think Bloomberg, though, is is kind of an example. Again, I don't, you know, he was running for president mm-hmm. at the same time. I, I never got to know him at all. But what I saw on the ground was uh, people were very happy to take his money. Yes. Didn't mean they supported him. Didn't mean they voted for him.
1: I thought you were going to say what I saw on the ground was a six-inch lift uh, like this. I'm <laughs> sorry. I thought <laughs> that's, you I that's, I thought that's where you to were to go going <laughs> with it. And then you took a left turn. <laughs> I went right. My apologies, Was Was his
2: $100 million for his own campaign? Yeah. Or was that... Okay, gotcha. But yeah. there's a big difference between putting $100 million backing yourself versus yes. an Elon backing a DeSantis, for yeah. example. There's a big difference there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, no. Right? But I think... No, no. He spent $100 million on Biden, guys. He spent... Oh, okay. In Florida. No, I... I he spent a $100 million... Interesting. Just for Biden. Florida. Yes. That's what I was... Ta- I know he spent a lot of money on himself, but I'm talking specifically with Biden. Okay. Wow. Durham report comes out. Yes. Okay. Mainstream media, boom nobody even talks about it. Everybody else is like, "Wait a minute. Did you guys just see what happened here?" Okay? This is a real thing. What was in the Durham report that people need to pay more attention to?
0: What I did see first of all from uh, you know, talking heads on MSNBC, I th- and I believe even CNN was uh they did talk about it actually, maybe not much, but what they did say about it was a complete dismissal. Uh, that it was nothing of value, that it uh, uh, should not be paid attention to, that it was just more lies and more bias, et cetera, et cetera. Completely dismissing it and not actually addressing uh, the substance of it. The one person who I would say was pretty fair in his analysis was Jake Tapper on CNN. When he talked about it, uh, he, had a, he had a fair interview on what was in the report, what wasn't in the report, and his, his own statement was that this was essentially an exoneration of Donald Trump um fox news covered it obviously uh and i think overall the the major takeaway for people who don't have time to read the report didn't didn't catch it in the news is that it 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 absolutely exposed uh the fbi the fbi is being weaponized uh essentially by the hillary clinton camp uh barack obama and his team were aware of it to go after uh, and investigate and try to undermine donald trump's candidacy and presidency
1: I want to read this from Washington Examiner, May 19, Durham report, five key takeaways from the bombshell findings into Trump-Russia investigation, no proper basis to launch crossfire hurricane, Durham report claims that crossfire hurricane, the Trump-Russia investigation lacked a proper foundation due to the FBI's failure to conduct key source interviews review its own databases and apply standard analytical tools. Two Hillary Clinton connections, the report indicates instances of FBI favoritism towards Hillary Clinton, including defensive briefings, ending an investigation due to illicit campaign funds, and restricted probes into the Clinton Foundation, Mark Elias, the Clinton campaign's general counsel, and Michael Sussman's, his former Perkins Cole uh, law firm colleagues are criticized for their roles with Fusion GPS and Steeler, Steel Dossier. And then third, Dossier and Russian uh, disinformation. The report uncovers the use of unverified steel report of Pfizer applications targeting former Trump campaign associate Carter Page. Intelligence might have compromised steel sources and highlights that Igor Danchenko provided steel with rumor and speculation. Number four, no collusion. Durham, Durham's report suggests that absence of of tangible co- collusion evidence at the onset of crossfire hurricane while the FBI continuously upheld claims from Steele uh, Dossier, re- uh, disregarding contradiction information last but not least no further crimes charged the report culminated in only one guilty plea by ex-FBI lawyer Kevin Kleinsmith smith for document falsification despite charges against Sussman and Danchenko and report found no further criminal offenses. The reason why I'm bringing this up is because back in 2016, this is what Hillary Clinton said about you. The Russia's grooming her to be the third-party candidate. She's the favorite of the Russians. They have a bunch of sites and bots and other ways of supporting her so far, just like Jill Stein did back in 2016. You responded, the queen of warmongers, embodiment of corruption, and personification of the rot- that has sickened the Democratic Party for so long. I mean, you went gentle at her (laughs) the way you did. So uh, the reason why I'm kind of putting these two together is the following uh, reason. One, a lot of smart people believed that Trump was tied to Russia. A lot of educated people, a lot of people that are professionals, they have degrees, they're smart. They're like, yeah, you know what? He is, and for three years, most of America actually believed it. And I know you try to sue Hillary Clinton, uh, 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 and I, I think that whole thing back and forth, you know, seven months later, whatever happened mm-hmm. with that. But now Fox pays 787 you know, to, uh, to uh, Dominion. And there's another $1.7 or $2.1 that's right now Smartmatic. sitting with. Smartmatic. Smartmatic. I mean, are you kidding me? Like, do you not have any more where I feel like this is the part of Republicans where they screw up. You have something like this that just came out. Why not get lawyered up, create a fund of Americans that would want to fund this? Hey, this is how I would do it. Listen, guys, I'm not doing this alone. I'm not going to pay the legal fees. It's going to cost a lot of money. You really want this? If this hits $50 million on GoFundMe, we're going to go get the best lawyers and investigate every single thing Clinton's ABC, CBS, NBC, at CNN, everybody did we will investigate it and we will show documentation of all our expenses, but we will not do it until it hits 50 million. You want it? Pay up, mm-hmm. Pay some money to GoFundMe. me. Why isn't that happening? I feel like a lot of American people are sitting there saying, dude, all this shit, show some backbone, go fight, give a lawsuit, do something about it, you're not doing nothing about it.
0: Yeah, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's a great question. The, without any response or true accountability, there's no reason why this kind of thing wouldn't happen again. There's a reason why people believed all of it. It's a reason why people, you know, when Hillary Clinton said that to me, my my first reaction was like, this is this is so insane, it's laughable. Were you
1: expecting it at all when of she said not. that? Of course
0: not. No, I wasn't. Uh, came out of left field. Only reason out, I'm asking is like, were field. you
1: hearing behind closed doors? She was saying it to I, other I people. I knew that
0: there were there were murmurs. It, okay, it, because because I mean, look, you know, look at look at what happened to Donald Trump. It became right. the go to line when they didn't like what someone was saying. It was automatically like, oh, sure. okay, these are Russian talking right. points, or it became kind of that thing. I was not expecting, uh, you know, the former Secretary of State, former U.S. Senator, former First Lady. Uh, To spend the time talking about me uh, in this light and smearing me and trying to cancel me, but the reason why people and and as I campaigned and I went out and talked to people I was confronted sometimes angrily sometimes very emotionally this woman I'll never forget I was at a very small uh, little Democratic Party event in a small rural county in South Carolina and this woman who was the, the chair of that county Democratic Party came up to me. There's probably 50 people in the room. And uh, she, she put her hands on my shoulder and she was so serious. And her eyes were almost well, welling up with tears. And she said, I need to look you in the eyes and ask you, are you working for Putin? <laughs> she was not joking. It was a very, uh, you know, she she obviously, she took her role seriously. She took her leadership seriously. This was something that was really, really concerning to her. And it, it, you know, I, I looked her directly back in the eye and I said, I love my country so much so that I'm willing to die to protect and defend the United States of America and the American people. Does that answer your question? She said, yes, thank you. But the fact that it impacted her so deeply shows uh, not only, again, the influence of the of of the Clintons, Hillary Clinton, but, but what is that machine? Why is it that these things become believable? Why are they never questioned? Why is there never a request for evidence? Why didn't Axelrod in that conversation say, oh, really interesting, what evidence do you have to prove that point? These things were never asked in the mm. mainstream media. They just repeat the talking point over and over, just as they did during the Trump campaign and the Trump presidency, Without actually asking for evidence. Why aren't they asking? Because they don't care. They repeat the talking point enough to the point where people believe, well, this is fact. I heard it on CNN. I heard it on MSNBC. I heard it from Hillary Clinton. How could it not be true? And I've, I've had so many conversations with people, like even people who know me personally. And they are like, you know, people on CNN lie. Like, but why would they lie? They probably just got bad information. They didn't mean mm-hmm. to. Like, no. <laughs> there, uh, There's nefarious intent here to manipulate the American people to believe certain things so that then they take action uh, in the interest of, of that status quo. The Hunter Biden laptop, the 51 senior uh, former intelligence officials. There's, There's unfortunately many examples of how these lies are created, spread and perpetuated in order to achieve a specific outcome. And and you're right, Pat. If there's no accountability, if there's no action taken, these are some of the things that we need to be continuing to look out for as we head into this next election. That would be
1: that would be one of my rally cries. I would say, listen, here's what we'll do. You want us to find out more about this. I want you to also put some, you know, put your money Just where your mouth is fifty bucks, a hundred bucks. You're not giving it to yeah. me. You're giving it to the contribution. Let's go figure this thing out. And we'll go get the best lawyers. But uh, uh, yeah, I, obviously, you're qualified to talk about this. That's why I wanted to ask yeah. you about it on how much impact it had. If a woman's coming up to you saying, I got to look at you in your eyes to see if you're an asset to it Putin. It broke my
0: heart to hear her say that because I could tell it was really it was hurting her.
1: It tells you propaganda works, yeah. it's very effective. Were you going to say something? I no, I just you.
2: wanted to understand why do you think Hillary Clinton targeted you, of all people, of anyone in politics? What was her goal? targeting you and labeling you a russian asset
0: broadly i was someone who over the years uh even as she was secretary of state uh under president obama was very outspoken and very critical of her her decisions her influence uh obviously critical of the president at the time of some of those foreign policy decisions um when i left as vice chair of the dnc to endorse bernie sanders because of his position on foreign policy speaking out very clearly uh And critically on Hillary Clinton's foreign policy, fairly certain uh, that that put me on on their uh, list, which I'm told is a very, very real thing. Um, Being somebody that they couldn't uh, control and who had the audacity to challenge them uh, is is my guess is why she has chosen uh, on more than one occasion to Hmm. to try to smear me. It was interesting. One of the uh, one of the interviews that I did was I think it was actually on MSNBC. Right after I left as vice chair of the DNC, um, the host of the show and I don't remember who exactly it was the host of the show, uh, it was it was right before a, a presidential primary debate. They said, "Tulsi, aren't you afraid of the Clintons and what they might mm-hmm. do?" And it was live television. It couldn't it wasn't a pre-tape. Oh, and I smiled. I said, "No, I'm not."
2: Good for you. Things By the happen. Way, In this. And I like being alive, by (laughs) the way. (laughs) I think we all do.
0: Every day is a
2: blessing. Um, Oh, my God. Out of curiosity, nothing to do with the war, nothing to do with Ukraine, Russia. Just what are your thoughts on Vladimir Putin and his mindset these days?
0: Uh, I don't I don't his mindset. I think when we look at from a foreign policy perspective, I'm not going to pretend to claim to know what's going through his mind. But I think if we look from the outsider's view Mm. in as you have uh, NATO continuing to expand, continuing to surround uh, Russia, you look back to what Putin has said has been his most concern from the very uh, greatest concern from the very beginning, which was uh, not being surrounded on all sides by NATO armed countries. Uh, and feeling that threat. So this, this latest development of, of, um, what looks to be the United States providing F-16s, uh, either directly or indirectly to Ukraine, this is going to be a very serious escalation, uh, in this war that, that will lead, could lead to those disastrous consequences, nuclear war that we're talking about.
2: The reason I asked is there's a, Large contingency of people on the right who actually have higher approval ratings of Putin than they do of Biden, hmm. which is concerning. I get, you know, if you're American, whether you like Biden or like Trump, you should support our president as a primary focal point rather than a Russian dictator. Yeah. Why do you think people I, are so I have, fascinated? I, I won't even begin. I won't even yeah.
0: begin. I have no. I have no idea. But but I think it's more important. I don't think we should blindly support anybody, period. I think it's more important for us as Americans, regardless of political party, to stand together on our ideals and principles uh, that that we celebrate and that we should cherish in this country. Those those principles of freedom and our God-given rights that are enshrined in the Constitution. Those are things that um, they are under attack, they are under threat. And they are things, unfortunately, that we cannot take for granted at this time when people are saying, well, hey, maybe the First Amendment, uh, you know, no longer applies. That it's okay to silence and censor uh, and cancel uh, certain people's uh, speech. These are things that, that we used to all be able to agree on. And, and even something as sacred as the First Amendment is, is no longer sacred, unfortunately. And, and um, it, it should concern everyone.
1: I'll give you my response. Okay. I respect anybody that loves their family, defends their heritage, defends their denomination, whatever faith they have, and fights for their country to protect their people and not giving deals to people on the outside that they're for sale. I don't have to like you, uh, but I can respect you. In the industry uh, business, You've been com- I've been competing for a long time, guys sold out their people all the time. They would sell their agents to get money on the side and nobody knew about. They would sell their employees. They would sell everything they could in a way of running their agency. They got, you know, 5,000 agents. Hey, I'll give you a million dollars if you also sell this. Nobody knew about it. We never sold out. Uh, He has protected his country. As a nationalist of Russia, that's something you got to respect. Unfortunately, in America, you know, my sister sent me the national anthem for Germany. Okay, I want to read this to you. This is Germany's national anthem. Okay, pull it. I don't know if you just sent it to me. This was a few days ago. It says, Germany, Germany, above everyone, above everyone in the world. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Uh, Deutschland, Deutschland, über alles, über alles in der Welt. Okay? You know, somebody may say, well, that's for Hitler. That's for... I totally get it. But in America, we're embarrassed to read our pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America or, you know, our prayers that we have these things that we did were embarrassed the fact that america was number one for so long and i respect anybody that is proud of whoever they are by the way i don't have to agree with your political philosophies but i respect the fact that you uh, uh, respect where you come from that's a whole different conversation i don't want to get into that part that's just my thoughts on uh, russia and fyi no we shouldn't be supportive of that guy america first is what it needs to be And this criticism that Americans are apologizing about being American first is the most pathetic thing ever. Can you imagine you having to apologize for being married to your wife and every day you have to apologize for your kids, you have to apologize for your parents, you have to apologize? What do you mean I have to apologize? I'm an Assyrian, I'm Armenian. I'm proud. I'm from Iran, I'm proud that I was born and raised in Iran. I'm proud to be an American, I'm proud to be a veteran, I'm proud, I'm proud. We ought to be proud. Some people are not proud of being Americans and that's pathetic. In my eyes. Now, let's go to the last couple topics that we have. Great question, Adam. Here's the last couple topics. One of them uh, is uh, Musk and Cuban. Mm. And what's been going back and forth with, you know, Cuban said a couple comments about Musk.
0: I, I missed that. Okay, what's, no problem. I'll read it to you. Line, I'll yeah. read
1: it to you. And then, you know, maybe even an open ended question. I'm sure you're kind of following what's going on with, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, Musk's recent hire, the sure. CEO. Yeah. Uh, some are happy about it, some are concerned. Mm world economic forum you know is he going this direction is he going that direction he does an interview the next day the guy asked the question i don't know if you've seen this or not where there's a 10 second pause can you pull this up where he says i'll say whatever i want to oh, say great clip great, with, great clip CNBC, right what, yes. what do you what do you what's the what title should he put to find this clip with a 10 second uh, i do what i want uh a uh, uh, musk <laughs> uh uh you know which one i'm talking about i think it's That's that it right one there. can you zoom in a little bit to see if you see the how long is yeah. that two minutes and forty? No, don't do that one because you're gonna have to find the ten second clip. Maybe in the search put ten seconds. In the search put ten yeah. seconds for this to come up. Ten seconds to come up. Uh, okay. Well, you look no. for it. I want to ask Tulsi. Tulsi, what do you think about the hire of his recent CEO? I think her name is. I want to say Linda. Uh, uh, is her yeah. name? What are your thoughts on the recent CEO hire?
0: I mean, based on what I know, is is extremely superficial. Okay. um i yeah I've, I've read a little bit of the top lines about people's concerns about her associations or or things that she said or spoken on what's interesting is that the concerns that have come from people who say that they are conservatives are talking about you know she part of the globalist movement et cetera et cetera. um on the democrat side or on the mainstream media side the concerns they pointed out was that she follows a lot of conservatives on twitter uh, and so I just thought it was interesting that you have both sides finding reasons to criticize her. I don't know her. I don't know what you know. What are the qualities that that Elon Musk saw in her to bring her on the table uh, to to bring her uh, on board?
1: Great. Let's play this clip. This is a clip uh, of a recent interview he did, and uh, uh, his response is just powerful. Go for it. Uh,
2: we got to you got to play the question. The please. Princess Bride. This is short. The short version doesn't have the question in
1: it. Yeah.
0: What was the question? Do you remember? The question
2: was essentially uh, how concerned are you that your personal ideology, your personal tweets, your memes, everything that you do um, might affect the stock price of Mm. Tesla Mm. uh, and you know, the ramifications of that. And this is in regards to his tweet calling George Soros Magneto. Gotcha.
1: (laughs) That was fact-checked though, right? That he is Magneto. (laughs) Go ahead. Uh,
2: Long pause. was was a scene in The Princess Bride. Powerful. Great movie. Great movie. Um, Where he confronts the person who killed his father. And he says, Offer of me money Offer of me power I don't care See you just don't care You want to share what you have to say <laughs> I'll say what I want to say And if if, if, uh, if The consequence of that is losing money So be it
0: okay. man. Gotta No it. flinch Gotta
1: love no it This flinch. freaking That's guy That's powerful yeah, I mean, uh, look, I, I hope he stays in this state. There's a lot of concerns. Uh, uh, I also have about this new CEO, uh, but, you know, I ran a, a poll the other day. Hey, uh, bad hire, good hire, let's wait and see. Mm-hmm. I think bad, good hire was 6%. Bad hire was like 24%. And let's wait and see was like 60 plus percent. Mm. Obviously, the right answer for all of us is let's wait and see. We're going to find out what's going to happen. If she's just an mm-hmm. advertising person. And to come from there defending kind of BlackRock and some of that stuff was a little bit concerning. So uh, let's talk ESG. That, just
0: on that clip, I just want to say, you know, I think we earlier we were talking about what, what do people value? You know, that says a lot about a person. What, what is most important? What, what does he value? Obviously, he's a business guy, yeah. wildly successful. He's good at what he does. But when it comes right down to it, what does he actually value?
2: I learned that he values awesome movies. The Princess Bride. <laughs> I mean, if you've never seen that movie, forget about it. I've seen it a few times. My this name is great. Arrigo Montoya. You yeah. killed my father, prepared to die. And what a powerful movie. Andre the yeah. Giant. Shout out to
0: him. Yeah,
1: gotta love him though. Like to, to see like different. But what by the way, what's your favorite movie? Now that he quoted a movie, do you have a favorite movie?
0: Um, my it's a it's a mini series called Band of Brothers. Of course, World, uh, War, II. World War that's II. Tom Hanks. I it is. Uh, yeah. It is Tom Hanks. It, I've I've over the years seen it a number of times. I first, I think, the first time I saw it is actually going through Officer Candidate School in the Army, and we had to uh, over whatever however many weeks it was, we watched an episode and we had to write an essay on the lessons of leadership, either successful or failures of leadership mm-hmm. that came from each episode that was based on uh, on World War Two.
1: Favorite actor or actress.
0: Ooh, Denzel Washington. Really? Yeah.
1: Favorite Denzel movie.
0: Ooh, I can't think of a bad one. Come on, give me the favorite What's one. What's the, I'm so okay. bad at titles. There's one that Pat uh, wants you to say. to see what she's going to say. It's the one where he plays the bad cop. Oh,
1: okay. Oh, American Training Day. Training Thank Day, you. yeah. More ridiculous day. movie. Yeah. King Kong. With Ethan Hawke. Yeah, on it. yeah.
0: yeah. Oh. That, that's that's definitely up there. Oh, yeah. Um, you, you, I mean, go ahead and say what you're, what's on your mind. I'm you know just, your favorite a,
1: Denzel listen, movie. Listen, for me, movies of vengeance, redemption, revenge, yeah. those movies are like, you know, it's it's like uh, Skittles to a 12-year-old you know, <laughs> who loves candy. So what's and your just, favorite? Man on Fire is oh. with Denzel. To me, that's like yeah. John Q, the scene with him and his yeah. kid and the doctor, you know, like, he buries me, you know, not the other way. you feel the tuck. Yeah. The guy's a great actor. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, all time movie, I would probably say you know, Notebook, Gone with the Wind. I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, but, but Notebook, notebook you is... Do pro- like notebook. Getting sensitive here. Notebook, you do like the Notebook. I freaking love Notebook, but it's... I have the top never city. seen that
0: movie. You know that? I've never seen it. Really? Yeah. Tulsi,
1: You're missing out. Out. You You're missing out. <laughs> what do
0: you want? You're missing out. What do you want, It's
1: actually a very political <laughs> movie. Yeah. It's a very... Do you go for money or do you go for your beliefs? Yes. That's what it's about. Interesting. Uh, but, okay, so with... Uh, in regards to ESG... Um, DEI CEI all this stuff you know the other day we're kind of sitting around uh and we're looking at the next episode to shoot and we're seeing the ties with ESG DEI, CEI. and then you look at CEI that uh, corporate equ- equality index you know who's behind it who's given the scoring are you concerned about the direction they're going with ESG DEI, CEI? you think this is going to work or you think eventually people are going to be like listen the hell are you doing with this Bud Light? This was yeah. a dumb move. What are you doing, Ford Raptor? Yeah. Do you even make Hollywood? You just made an announcement that a third of everybody you hire has to be from an underrepresented community, mm-hmm. and I have to hire a black, a Hispanic, a woman, a LGB, a this, a that, and even Richard Dreyfus and actors are coming out and saying this doesn't make any sense. Do you think this is eventually going to be exposed as a terrible idea, or do you think this is going to be used as a way to weaponize Small business owners and S and P five hundred companies.
0: Both, I think that it is already being so the fact that you've got some of the biggest actors uh, in history, uh, or in our in our time at least, uh, actually, you know, maybe for the first time, coming out and speaking out against this stuff is pretty powerful, and I think it is starting to expose um, the hypocrisy and the the insanity of it. Uh, and I think there's already evidence showing how it is. Uh, being manipulated and weaponized, so they they talk about these things with these very altruistic, idealistic intentions and objectives. You know, we're working for uh, equity without you know the the clip of of, of um, Bernie Sanders on Bill Maher, the conversation they had about equity versus equality was yeah. was very telling. When Bill Maher had to describe to Bernie, you know, what what equity really means, and and he said, "So what is it? Equity or equality?" And Bernie says, "Well, equality." um there 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 are these acronyms that are being thrown out by people as, as though it's for the best public good many of them don't even know what it actually means and we've seen with the ESG some of the scoring and and things that have been done that are that are uh show that it's being manipulated for um other interests than the public good they are claiming it to be so i i think both are already starting to be uh exposed as we speak that's good You know,
1: the the sooner the better because it's not really making people, leaders make the right decisions. Is this a clip you're talking about, the equality? I think so. Let's see what this is. I actually want to see it. I've never seen this. Yeah. Are we confusing equality of opportunity with trying to guarantee equity in outcomes? Okay, that's interesting because I think this word equity has come into the language in the last few
2: years. And before that, we didn't hear it a lot. And I think a lot of people hear equity and they hear equality. It's the same word. And it's not the same word in the same. I believe this is the concept. episode with Russell so Brandt. How would yeah. you differentiate between equity and equality? Him there? Yeah.
1: Well, equality, we talk about, uh, I don't know what the answer can, I is. I was going
2: to say, you could tell he doesn't <laughs> even know think of it.
1: You know, uh, equality is equality of opportunity. All right. We live in a society, we want all people right. to have whatever color your skin is. Equity I think is more guarantee of outcome, is it not? I, yeah, think-, I think so. I think that's Okay. Part. So which, do you come, which side do you come down on? Uh, equality. Equality. Uh, yeah. Okay. Boys, any <laughs> comment on that one? I just don't know if that's the definition we difference. Oh, my God. That was great. But it's
0: good. It's very straightforward. And, and I think he's right. I think a lot of people don't know the difference, but they're using these words because yeah. it's the thing that everybody's saying, and it's the popular thing of the moment.
1: Did you ever think there would come a time where, you know... The feminist have has tried so hard to uh, you know get to a point where it's uh, men and women are equal right hey you, we want equal pay we want you to watch WNBA whether you like it or not we want the same amount of viewers you know we want you to uh, uh, pay us the same amount of money we want you to give us the same amount of respect all this stuff and then They get so wild and crazy that even the feminist movement ends up losing to men because they allow men to join their camp and just call themselves. Did you ever think this day was going to come?
0: No. No, never. Tulsi,
1: how did we get here? (laughs) This is a little (laughs) weird for me. How did we get here?
0: It is... I mean, you know, it is it is it is this mental illness that is taking over our society where things that are not real are being sold as real, things that are not true are being sold as true, and it's this exercise of power and this is this is the underlying danger that that sits beneath all of these crazy things is that those who are in power across, you know, government not all, all of these different entities are putting us in a position where we are being told that we just have to comply and go along with whatever they say that there is no room for critical thinking or questioning or common sense or science or biology even that whatever they say goes and we we have to just fall fall in line and that that's the real danger that uh, that is the common thread with all of these crazy examples um, that we're seeing that, that aren't just, they're they're not theoretical, it's not just for the sake of arguments. We're actually seeing the very real impacts on kids, on our society, on our communities. Don't they call it the woke mind virus? Do you think yeah. that's an appropriate name for this? I do.
1: What's next, though? I guess, you know, we had a, a gentleman here, I think I can say gentleman, Frank from uh, Gaze Against Groomers, and we're having a great conversation with him. And... I said, you know, so we talked about the uncomfortable conversations that nobody wants to talk about because God knows they could lose votes and they can lose this and this and that. I'm like, look, you know, at first, you know, when when somebody certain, you know, I'm gay or I'm lesbian, I'm this, okay. There was a certain connotation. There was a certain like, hey, you know, this person, this is not a normal behavior. But we said, you know, military, don't ask, don't tell. I was in a unit. With a couple guys that were gay, it's very easy to tell when you're in the showers, like, hey bro, you okay? Is everything okay with you? You seem a little excited. (laughs) And then you find out, six months later now now i know why you're always fired up okay you should have told us so we would have different schedules for shower i'm cuts. fired up a little, little awkward you're like dude you know i don't know what he's seeing that he's so excited about and we would always talk about it finally we laughed about it but you know it was a don't ask don't tell type of a situation today we have to salute we have to do this we have to do that and then all of a sudden the more and more and more we kept buying into this concept of, but it's normal but it's normal but it's normal it's normal and I got a book upstairs saying it's normal. Millions of copies sold. It's a book for uh, 10 year olds in school on how boys have sex with boys and how girls have sex with girls and how boys have sex with girls and all this stuff. Okay, it's not the gay BC, it's the other one. It's called It's Normal, something like that. But I ask this question because when the camera's off, people are willing to talk about this more openly. When the camera's on, Everybody's a little bit careful about it. It's perfectly normal. That's the book. Everybody's a little bit careful about it because what if this and what if that and what if this, right? It isn't the reason why we kind of got here where Sports Illustrated? I'm not. I have no problem with Martha Stewart. She actually looks good for an 81 year old. Uh, go to the is that other how old one. She is. Yes. Yeah. Apparently 81. Wow. I thought I was. She
2: looks great for 81. On I'm the cover wow. of Sports yeah, Illustrated. Respect.
1: Respect. But do the guy, the guy that's wearing this this uh, mm. one piece uh uh do you know which one i'm talking you know which yeah, one I'm, know talking what I'm talking about first adidas
0: for- i think it was adidas
1: is it adidas can yeah. you go to adidas um I, uh, folks just bear for you know it's it's a little bit uh, uh uh strange this model uh anyways i guess i'll come i will find it here the picture do you think it's a little strange that the more and more and more accepting we become gradually the next thing they could pitch is the fact that a 44 year old ends up being with somebody who is 13 years old well guess what that's just what it is that's who they accept and you know it's normal it's normal you know it's they, they, we should accept the fact that they love each other and some people say well, you're out of your mind this will never happen we'll never get there nobody ever thought we we're going to
0: get here well that's all it's already happening it's already happening, the normalization of pedophilia. The fact that there is such a term as a minor attracted person. Oh, my God. The fact that that is a term that's being yeah. used and assigned to people who are adults who are, quote, unquote, attracted to minors. Yeah, that's a pedophile. That's yeah. a crime against a child. And those criminals should be locked up and kept away from children. How are Democrats supporting that, though? That, that's my point. I have not heard a single Democrat in Congress, in the House, or the Senate speak out against this nonsense. And their response is always like, oh, it's a non-issue. Like These things only affect a handful of people. They don't actually speak to or address what is happening and how we have people who are teachers who are out there and on there on social media saying, well, I'm a minor attracted person. I shouldn't be discriminated against anyway. This is people who are entrusted with the well-being and safety of our kids. So this progression that you're talking about uh, is is very very real and the fact that it is uh happening not only with the acceptance but encouragement of the very same people who are totally fine with these books that are sexualizing kids as young as five six seven years old uh i'm not a parent but parents everywhere people who care about children everywhere should should be stepping up and speaking out about uh, against it
2: can I ask you a question on this topic? So back Rock, to the L- back to the oh. LGBTQIA all, all this stuff. Dave Chappelle has an amazing take on this, amazing joke, and he basically gives the metaphor that they're you know they're all in a car together, they're heading in the same direction, but they all have completely different agendas. Yeah, like the L is different from the B versus mm-hmm. the G versus the T, and he basically. You know, summarizing this, is like the G's driving because that's the gay guy and he's driving and he's the man, whatever, and then the the L is sitting in the front seat and she's doing her thing and everybody loves the L's because, you know, who doesn't like the L's except for the G because he's like, I wouldn't wear that, this whole deal. <laughs> and then the B's in the back and she's just like, listen, I'll do whatever anyone wants in this car. Mm-hmm. But then you get to the T's and the whole premise of his joke is like nobody's got a problem with any of this stuff yeah. but this T thing... That's where people are like, I don't. What's the T? Are you a guy or a girl? You're cutting things off. You're moving things around. You're a man, but you want to play in woman's sports and and like. And I'm I'm one of the people that are like, I think that women should be more outspoken about this. I agree. So, you know, I host another show, Sauscast, and I have a lot of women on my show, and I do a lot of man on the street interviews, and I'll ask them a series of questions about money and dating and relationships and then i'll say hey by the way uh what are your thoughts on um biological men playing in women's sports and that's the one question that women are like oh uh, yeah I don't want to answer that on camera I don't really want to talk about it I, no. uh, and they're all right cool next question and then the interviews over and they're like listen I don't really want to talk about it but I think it's really freaking weird mm-hmm. and I don't I don't want to share bathrooms with guys and you know I just don't want to offend people mm. and say this stuff on camera but just between you and me yeah I'm not comfortable with it I'm like why wouldn't you say that on camera well you know cancel culture this that and the other why do you think young women specifically are, are are so afraid to speak on this topic?
0: I think it is that that power of of uh, self censorship that has been you know uh, that it's it's kind of a mandate of self censorship that if you don't go along to get along, then you will be canceled and you'll be attacked and you'll be called names and you will be smeared uh bethany hamilton is a surfer out of hawaii mm-hmm. you know who i'm talking mm-hmm. about she had her arm bitten yeah, off by a, bit surfer, a shark, uh, a shark uh, when she yeah. was a kid Yep. still competing uh on the circuit and uh once the world surf league announced biological males will be allowed to compete against women on the tour she was the only one who had the courage to speak out she never talks about politics she is so pleasant so mellow doesn't get involved with any of the headlines or anything that goes on, but she recognized that she uh, she had a responsibility uh, to speak up, and she did, and she got attacked heavily for it, which I think she expected, and she, she spoke out in the sweetest, kindest, most compassionate way, just saying that I'm not against anyone, but this is about what's fair and what's right for women on the tour, and it's just not right. Uh, shortly after that, we International Women's Day came around, and every year the yeah. WSL uh, welcomes professional surfers, men and, uh, men who want to put the name of a prominent woman who inspires them on the back of their jersey for the contest on that day. I think there were five or six men who wanted to put Bethany Hamilton's name on their jersey <laughs> that day, and the WSL said no. Wow. You are not allowed to put her name, her name mm-hmm. alone, on your jersey a woman's name a woman's name yeah a woman who has throughout her lifetime exceeded all of the obstacles put before her and is thriving as a human being as a professional surfer because she had the audacity to speak out the truth Mm -hmm. this was the consequence uh it's good to see I, th- I think slowly, it's not happening fast enough, but slowly there are more women who are being directly impacted, inspired by people like Riley Gaines and Beth Hamilton. I was Hamilton just going to bring up others. Riley
2: Gaines. The same story is almost like that, right. just in the swimming with Leah Thomas. Absolutely. This whole deal.
0: And, and, but they're inspiring a lot of other women girls to uh, recognize uh, how powerful their voice can be.
1: You know, just in case you guys are looking to buy some gifts for some friends, this is the latest uh, swim swimwear from Adidas. If you want to You go, up, girl. If you want to zoom in a little bit, Rob. Um, <laughs> That kind of sounded bad. I, I'm so sorry, guys. I'm not trying to be funny. But that's a little weird, okay? I don't it's, care it's what. It's a little weird, okay? Um, for them to try to normalize this is extremely weird. But you know what this does to them? It
0: says home women clothing.
1: There we go. Yep. Do you know what this does to them? This increases their CEI score their ESG score. Right. That's what this does. What,
2: what is this? I'm familiar with DEI, ESG. Not This is a new one now, CEI? What By is the this? way,
1: here's the craziest thing about CEI. CEI is a form of a uh, uh, DEI. You know, DEI is what? Diversity, equity, equity, equity inclusive, inclusion. the whole thing. Uh, yeah. CEI is Corporate Equality Index. Corporate and the company. ones that give the scores to them is a company called HRC. HRC stands for Human Rights Hillary Campaign. Hillary
2: Rodham Clinton. Oh, <laughs> no. HRC no. is sorry. HRC sorry. is
1: Human Rights <laughs> Campaign. Here's a yeah. crazy part. You ready for this? Yeah. They got started in 84. You know who funds Human Rights Campaign? George Soros. It's funded by no, Open right. Society Foundation. Okay. Do you know who runs Open Society Foundation?
2: George Soros. George
1: Soros. Oh, so yeah. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Literally, and <laughs> they come to your company and yeah. they measure the score only 20 people, 20 companies have a perfect score of 100. And they'll come back and say, here's what you need to do to improve. They have a whole structure, by the way. Workforce protection, five points possible. No discrimination. It's called
2: the woke rating?
1: Yeah, it's called the woke rating. <laughs> You've not seen this? No. <laughs> yeah, it's called the woke rating. Okay, Rob, That's um, not a joke, though? This is as sincere, as as as, as real as it gets. Rob, I'm going to send this to your computer. <laughs> if you want to show this, Rob, iPhone, or I'm going to send it to the... I'm gonna send it to your iPhone just to show this and then we'll wrap up on this topic here. Mm. Uh, No, this is exactly how they are scoring uh, different companies' workforce protection. That gives you five points. Uh, Inclusive benefits, 50 points. Criteria here includes providing healthcare for same-sex couples. Uh, Supporting an inclusive culture, 25 possible points including gender-neutral dress codes and trans-inclusive restroom facilities policies. Number four is corporate social responsibility. You get 20 points. Marketing or advertising to LGBTQ consumers, which include Nike and Bud Light's use of transgender spokesperson Dylan Mulvaney. That's crazy. And then number five is responsible uh, citizenship. 25 points uh, deducted if a company gives money to organizations whose primary mission includes advocacy against LGBTQ uh, organizations, which is not defined. But could include Christian groups. Uh-huh. Wow! <laughs> uh, uh. Uh, uh, any final thoughts on this, uh, Tulsi? I'll give you the floor if you got anything. I want to. We...
0: I want to. Uh, I want to show 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 the way things used to be just a few years ago. Did you Did you see the Levi's uh, skit on SNL? Uh, the, the 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 about the moms about Which the one? pants. Yeah, mom the, pants. Yes, the mom pants. Oh yeah.
2: Great skit. If I don't know if we're allowed about... to play it though. Because if it's SNL, oh, okay. I take it down. All right. Anyway. About like, hey, we're moms. Yeah. We get we
0: wear mom pants. Well the, and it was it was yeah. all about gender neutr it was it was really pointing out the the farce of of uh you know everything that you just talked about just mm-hmm. five years ago, SNL made a great five skit. Five years ago. Five years ago. SNL made a great skit about it, making fun of Levi's shapeless, genderless mm-hmm. pants. Um And rightly so.
1: Yeah, Mom pants. I got to go see the clip. (laughs) Last
0: question on this topic. I want to ask you a question about
2: just normal, old school, traditional women. You know, (laughs) Um, this is a political question. But, you know, yourself, you look at Kamala Harris, current VP, Hillary Clinton, almost president. A lot of people say uh, AOC could potentially be a candidate in, in a handful of years, whether you like her or not um there's other women that have run recently carly fiorino a lot of people are you know advocates of marjorie taylor Greene. what have you um, how ready do you think america is for a female president
0: now i think america is ready for the right woman president some of the uh I, I think it's wrong to assume and this is this has been one of the insulting things that i've experienced even from within the democratic party Is that they assume uh, they, they, this sounds ironic saying this now, that they have reduced women to our biological parts to say, well, if you're a woman, you have to support women. That was the whole argument with Hillary Clinton, right? For me, I didn't support her. And literally, I was asked by some of the most powerful women and influential women in the country, how dare you, as a woman, not support this other woman? And my response was, how dare you reduce me to my biological parts and think that I don't have my (laughs) own brain, (laughs) my own mind, my own opinions and views? And yet, where are we today now? They deny this biological objective truth that there is such a thing as a woman mm, at so. all. It's it's just madness. Tulsi I got a text message. So it's virus. the right it's the right person. Whether it be a man or a woman, yes, absolutely. I, I think, think we're we looking for the right I person. I think we're
1: ready for the right right. I don't think it's we're not, you know uh, Tulsi, I got a text message, someone's asking for a referral. If if a potential candidate is looking for a, a, a potential VP, would you entertain the idea someone's asking for a referral?
0: I would entertain I would entertain the idea on the basis of whether or not I would be able to have an impact, a, a very real impact Respect. on uh, defending our country, both our freedom <laughs> and our security and our future. I think you would be one hell
1: of a VP. That would be and listen, I think you'd be one hell of a whatever you choose to do. your leader, but that would be some wild uh, 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 if if that were to happen. The draw on who would be attracted to that person as a VP, oh, my God. Like, check, 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 and a true believer, and a backbone, and willing to go against establishment, I kind of like a lot of that stuff well thank you for that the person is thankful for your answer okay. as well it's very good to know are you
2: saying that you know she has your endorsement you know that's uh a-
1: i have her endorsement as a human be- be- I, I, she has my endorsement as a human being i think she's uh, she's uh, very necessary but gang
0: thank you if
1: you enjoyed this as much as we did we want you to go subscribe to both her channels one is the youtube one link is below as well as her rumble one the link is below uh in description rob let's put it in description comment chat all of it as well as uh the link to her website you can go to tulsi once again tulsi uh to get that done and then adam has got his event coming up uh with fresh and fit that we're doing at the live event if you want to know more details about this to get registered for that as well text the word sauce cast s-o-s cast sauce cast to 310-340-1132. Once again, 310-340-1132 to get intel about that. It's going to be himself, Fresh and Fit, and a bunch of girls to debate and argue about the conversations of Red Pill, men, women. They're going to be talking a lot of smack if you want to be entertained. It's going to be Friday, June 2nd at 5990 Live. Again, text the word SAUCECAST to 310-340-1132. Uh, Tulsi, you're the Thank you you're the bomb. This was amazing. So good to the see good you. The good kind of bomb. Yes.
0: <laughs> okay, we good. We <laughs> are looking
1: forward to doing it again very soon. Yeah, look forward to it. Thank Take you. Care. Take care, everybody. Thanks. Have a Aloha. great weekend. Bye-bye, bye-bye.